Welcome to Cinema Buns. I'm Ritter. I'm Mike. Eto watashi wa Kevin des. You motherfucker! Uh, you bastard. can't do this again. Kyo wa watashi wa talking to <laughs> Eric McKeever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the verb is for talking. Um, I, we gotta watch her language. I forgot. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're on day two of the Phoenix Film Festival, and uh, it's Kids Day, so... Uh, <laughs> slightly cleaner episode. Today. Slightly. 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 We'll just have to whisper our, our bad words. Um, but yeah, uh, who do we have here today? Yeah, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us what you're representing too. Anyway, hello, my name is Eric McKeever, and I wrote and directed EK Boys, which is screening here in Phoenix. Um, we had one screening last night, Friday, April 1st, and we've got another tonight, Friday, April 2nd. Um, so I'm here, excited to talk about the film, and... I don't know. I'm uh, always down for a sweet, sweet tangent. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So okay. That's generally how our episodes go. <laughs> I, I gotta ask, how much Super Sentai and Power Rangers did you watch growing up? Because I feel like that yeah. was a prime inspiration for a lot of this. So quite a bit. Um, so uh, prior to Power Rangers really hitting the US and being a thing, yeah. um, I was into Voltron. Okay. Um, you Makes know, sense. Um, and and actually, uh, Voltron and Showa era Godzilla films were those were a couple of uh, th- those were sort of a, my gateway drugs to realizing that you know there were these stories that I loved that came from a part of the world that is very different from the part of the world I was from. Oh uh-huh. um, man, after my own heart. I mean, I, I actually remember specifically um, watching it was an uh, invasion of the Astro Monster one day, and just I remember. I mean, it would have been around five or six, and the light went on in my head. That the like the scenery looked different, and like and part of it was the dubbing wasn't very good, but it just like it it, it, it was like this is not this is not Oklahoma where I'm from. This is someplace different, and that really, you know, I wasn't aware of it at the time. That was a pretty seminal moment. That um, you know, all the time going up, it's like this is different, but I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. You it, didn't understand that other people spoke languages other than English. And and once I once I figured that out, there was no turning back. Um, you know, <laughs> I, in the third grade, I was getting my first pirated VHS tapes, which I've sent bought legal copies of all of them. So uh-huh, there's uh-huh. Uh, for legal uh, legal disclosure. Legal. <laughs> uh, no, uh, for uh, <laughs> for my own damn pride. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so quite a bit. Quite nice. a bit is the answer. God, uh, the pre-internet, uh, just like a Japanese aficionado, like pre-weeb culture, must be like some weird Wild West, like some weird black market shenanigans going on just to get like Japanese media, and like I guess even rarer to have it translated. I guess. Well, yeah. So, um, I mean, it, there was a certain kind of fun to it because it was a bit like a treasure hunt, and you can, you, know, you can see some of this in the film, where sort of the web 1.0 versions of the fan sites, where it was you yeah. know this really like DIY, and like and there were you know it felt a bit like archaeology. It's sort of like you're digging around. It's like <laughs> yeah. oh, this film exists too. How can I find that? Yeah. Um, and um, like if you look closely in the production design, some of those old rare VHS tapes are are tucked away in the shelves of Sean's room. Uh-huh. You know, I wanted that nice. to. 
you know, wanted that that genuine love to be in there. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Are any of your personal items like used as props uh, for anything? Quite a few, actually. So, I imagine. Um, yeah. I mean, in addition to the VHS tapes, um, the uh, the quilt that my mother made for me is on the bed. Oh, okay. The, room. Um, the singing penguin is also that's a a, a family treasure. Nice. Oh, so, um, and it's still functioning after like all these sure, years. It sure is. <laughs> that's um, impressive. Yeah. No, there's actually a lot of. Um, there's a lot of actually very subtle autobiographical stuff in the film that you wouldn't really know. I mean, like the uh, like the kind of the stone playground where the boys are are fighting and testing out yeah. their powers. Uh, this was filmed in Oklahoma, right? Was yeah. That's, okay, so I assume yeah. like if if you're from OK, you could probably recognize a lot of the scenery and like that. That seems like a, just a very distinct. I saw it's like just a collection of rectangular rocks. I assume that's like just a very distinct thing that uh, anyone from OK could like recognize, right? Um, not necessarily anyone. I mean, it's um, it's, it's a, a it, local it's, thing. It's an interesting thing. It's a former horse stable, but it's you know, been <laughs> okay. kind of been turned into a playground um, on on the school that I went to, and that's that's where I skinned my knee for the first time <laughs> in kindergarten. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's I mean, people who who know, know the school would know it. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of you know, I think. Um, I mean, Oklahoma City is a big city, so there's people who know some things. But uh, it, it, I don't know if it's actually a, a greatest tour, uh, greatest hits tour, because there's a lot of stuff <laughs> in Oklahoma City now that was not there in the '90s. I mean, Oklahoma uh. City is now a very cool, hip, like fun place to hang out, which boggles my mind because the '90s it was uh, a, a group of houses and a casino. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was it was something it was something different, shall we yeah. say? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and in retrospect. Um, in retrospect, that was a gift because you know I, I had a I had a boring childhood, which meant uh-huh. you know I, I was safe and bored, and that meant that I could draw pictures and think about monsters and have flights of fancy and you know d- imagine a bigger imaginative career. Did you did you do any of the animation stuff in here or? Um, so I didn't draw any of it, but I I mean I you know I was intimately involved in in all of it. Uh-huh. Um, I uh, it's actually kind of funny I. Um, my drawing skills atrophied around the age of twelve when I, when I which is when I wrote my first screenplay. Oh, okay. So there's a bit of a like, th- there's a bit of a like road might like road not taken there because yeah. uh, I do love to draw, but never, uh-huh. never pushed it as far as I might have. I mean, so. like every anime fan loves to draw, um, but then there's a certain point in their life where they're like, yeah. It's not gonna look as good as the one in my head, but yeah. <laughs> but dr- yeah, when you're a kid, yeah, you're drawing those, uh, those. How to draw manga like magazine, like yeah. the, those types of like faces and uh, your anime character and like your crush's anime character, and they're all falling in love and just embarrassing drawings and notebooks. Yeah, well, um, I'll <laughs> tell you something. Um, so my mother, uh, mother and father, they recently moved houses, um, and they unearthed a drawing I had done in the <laughs> kindergarten that you know I hadn't seen it for years, but it was just like, oh, this is cool, like you know. Eric drew a cool-looking robot, and I, uh-huh. I kid you not, I mean, it's it's the spinning image of the mecha in this film. <laughs> okay. um, and, and like, I, I mean, I, I really, I hadn't seen it for a couple of decades, but uh-huh. they pulled it out of the works, and, um, you know. I was waiting for you to say it was the framed photographed anime girl that Vic was admiring. <laughs> on <his bed>. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, waiting for you to be like, I drew my own waifu. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I... In a non-public forum, I have some stories along those lines <laughs> that I could uh, I could share as well. That's great. Uh, nah, I, he needs to hide his power level. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he can't release, release that out into the public. Yeah. Okay. How... He needs to see how strong we are first before we can take that cringe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> how, how did you get yes. around to 
getting the costuming done because I think the co- the kaiju outfit and the mecha outfit look look good. They they look really good. So like, did someone reach out to you like, hey, we can do? Did you kind of just put out an order like, hey, I need this done, and a company responded? Like, how did that work for you guys? Uh, n- no, I mean it was um so. I had been developing a relationship with uh, the Kyoto brothers uh, for for several years, uh-huh. um, and uh, you know, and they're they're legends. I mean, they they did uh, Team America, they did Pee Wee's Big Adventure, um, ah. that Elf, uh, you know, like all all kinds of killer clowns from outer space, <laughs> um, and you know, they're they're kind of like they're like sixty going on twelve, <laughs> uh, and you know, part of them is like you walk into their offices and like there's. You know, like there's little like kaiju toys and things, you know, just all, all around. I mean, so they're, you know, they're just geeks, anyways. Yeah. Um, so I, we had been friends, you know, through you know mutual acquaintances for the past few years, and you know when the, uh, you know when the film was going into production, I reached out to them. Uh, they, uh, you know, so they they art directed it. Um, they actually uh, subcontracted a company called Alex in Wonderland, which is a, a husband and wife team, and they did the real like nuts and bolts of the suit building. Okay. Um, and um, I mean, it was pretty great. I mean, you know, uh, it, it was interesting because I had put so much work with the concept uh, the concept artist into the designs uh-huh. that I mean. Like we had an initial meeting where they asked questions, and I was like, I was really, really going into detail about like, okay, like you know, so the sheen for the mecha that's based off of beetle skin, and like, <laughs> you know, and like the horns, like those are bison, and like, and they I, were like, what are you talking about? And you're like, have you ever heard of Common Rider? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it, it honestly, like, I had sort of put so much thought into into the design that they were like, they're like, okay, we got it from here, but like, there's a lot of neat things that. There's some neat, you know, neat things to how they executed the costumes that you know you wouldn't know uh, just looking at. So the the fur on the kaiju, um, that's yak fur, okay. and what's more, it's the, it's fur from the same uh, herd of yaks that made all of the Chewbacca suits. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, you know, it looks There's good because that, it's the best. Yeah, I, I did. That laugh. kaiju monster has lineage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did laugh that the uh, Vic who turns into the kaiju makes the common writer reference. Even though uh, Sean is the one that looks more like Common Rider yeah, than yeah, either yeah. of them. Well, uh, you know, um, Common Rider has those sweet, sweet trampoline flips from the seventies. Oh so yeah. yeah, Super Sentai, yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of just really enjoy that the costumes are not going for like uh, realistic monsters and robots. It's very much just the Tokusatsu like guys in rubber suits fighting on top of a miniature city type of look yeah like that you see on like uh, much more familiarly with like power rangers it's just guy uh, like that level of like costume and detail is like to evoke like that kind of imagery yeah well i mean uh uh, thank you i mean i think the key word is uh is handcrafted um you know i mean i think um i was never thinking in terms of kitsch because it's like you know the people who made the original stuff they were they weren't making it with one tongue in cheek. They were, you know, they had their That's what sort they of, had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was, you know, I mean, and, and actually I befriended, I mean, I've been really lucky, I befriended a lot of, you know, sort of the original tokusatsu makers in Japan. And they're all big kids. I mean, it, it was, you know, it was never like, oh, wouldn't it be ridiculous and funny if we did this? It was, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And with the resources they had, I mean, they really, you know, did some remarkable things. And there's also, I mean, some real remarkable ingenuity. Um, and so... I, you know, it, it was important for me that it be done in that lineage. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, they get shows. Did you yeah. actually say what this movie is about? 
Uh, I don't think we actually went into any detail about It's about that three kids watching an anime movie and they turn into anime characters. <laughs> yep. Is essentially what it is. Yeah, but yeah in the real world, and uh, there's something about a pro- prophecy, and uh, one turns into a mecha and the other turns into a kaiju. But we don't <laughs> want to spoil too much. <laughs> I it, do. It, it said in 1999, right yeah, before that, the Yeah, that's, that's also important, and yeah. also because we kept saying Oklahoma, it takes place in Oklahoma. So it kind of ha- evokes that. Um, image of like a child uh born in like a, a kind of a boring midwest town and like the most exciting thing to him is japanese media and anime <laughs> yeah. so probably the biggest one of the biggest compliments i've got um was uh a uh, actually a director who i really admire um he said uh, the way he described it is this is the film that john hughes would have made if john hughes had grown up on tokusatsu <laughs> yeah. um and uh and that you know that's of course a wonderful compliment, but it's very much by design. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of heart and sincerity in it, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and a lot of zany shenanigans. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I was curious. Like, uh, did so? Did you pull from your own life when you were actually creating this story, or like, did you pull from a bunch of different like influences to really put this together? And then, like, what did what did it take to put this together? Um, uh, I mean, a bit of both. Uh, you know, th- there's a, a lot of me and Sean, um, and, you know, there's a lot of my best friend in Vic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Miki, she's kind of a composite mm-hmm. of, of several different friends that I've made uh, in Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, like, you know, as I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it's fictionalized, you know, it, 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 it's semi-autobiographical. <laughs> uh, right. You know, it's sort of like... Uh, Sean, in a lot of ways, is based off of me, but like his dad is is really inspired by a family friend. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, you know, so it it sort of like took the like the core emotional seeds and then changed things around the edges to make them more interesting. So, right. were you around the same age when you developed your mecha powers? Or? I, 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 I I was a couple of years older. Oh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, uh, so, did your parents, uh, or I guess like. Uh, yeah, did your parents or your dad like also understand your hobby, much like Sean's uh, dad couldn't? <laughs> uh, uh, they under understood it just as about as well as Sean's dad did. Yeah, uh, okay. you know th- they were very, they were supportive but not understanding. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I don't and, get it, but he likes it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and there were some moments of, you know, what's this leading to? Like, you know, like. <laughs> shouldn't you know like you know you realize that there are that there are other books to read you know um, <laughs> like mm, eric hasn't applied to a medical school yet yeah uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think there's a certain point though where it's sort of like you know once they saw you know that i mean it, it did in fact lead i mean it led to me you know working my butt off to learn japanese yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of the things so it kind of i think it gave them everything they wanted in a child uh just not in the way they expected right no, uh, I I love the one scene where their dad was, or when uh, Sean was talking to it about his dad about like he doesn't even know that uh, uh, Japan and uh, China, China are, are different. different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that um, so that's not my dad, but that is uh, that's many many clo- that's, that's, yeah. that's many yeah, clo- it's many close is... friends in Oklahoma. I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you that um, to to this day. Um, now I gotta ask, how would you get Billy Zane? And how'd you convince him to do a Midwestern Japanese accent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, well, so Billy Zane, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we, you know, we really wanted him. He was, you know, perfect for the part in both in just his sort of his persona and in, you know, in the kind of the general 90s nostalgia vibe uh-huh. um, of the film. So 
Uh, you know, what it came down to was, um, you know, our casting directors, they had a good relationship with him years previously. So they were able to kind of, you know, they were able to get the script to him uh, without a lot of red tape. And, uh-huh, and he, good. you know, and he really liked and responded to the script. I mean, I think. Did he get it? Like he he no he I mean like our our initial conversation you know he he was referencing Johnny Sacco and it was kind of like okay like you know he 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 knows like he he knows the vibe you know maybe from like <laughs> one generation yeah um, and it was no and and Billy is um I mean Billy is an idea machine he's like oh, he's okay. a real like dyed in the wool just a dyed in the wool creative person um, yeah and you know. He, I mean, he loved the script, and he was sort of like, "Yeah, and can I also say this? And can I do this?" And like, <laughs> what if, like, what I was if, about you know, to ask, how much of his lines were improved, and how much were actually scripted? Uh-huh. I think in the final ta- so let me, you know, I will say there was a lot, a, a lot of improv, and there's uh-huh. there's quite a few, there's a lot of hilarious stuff that you know, I, I mean, hopefully it'll end up on on a Blu-ray or something at some <laughs> point. Um, you know, once everything is sort of edited and you know honed down i think it's probably probably two-thirds script one-third improv okay <laughs> yeah oh, that's great I, I mean like uh just the simple things of him yeah saying a uh, shang kun uh mm. just like throughout the movie but like my own personal wish that i didn't i like only half expected to happen was just like him in a final confrontation with sean saying like oh worry da shang kun to strike him down or something i would have died <laughs> well uh, first of all, great idea. Secondly, <laughs> got to say something for the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. <laughs> oh, uh, if I could just like pull away from. So uh, also in uh, casting was Yumiko uh, Shu. Uh, Shaku. Uh, yeah. Yumiko Shaku for uh, Reiko. Yeah. Um, that's quite the like career that she's had. It, was that kind of like a get that you got while you were um, like living in Japan? It, it was, um, and that was that was courtesy of uh, the Japanese cap- uh, casting director, um, A.G. Lee, and uh, you know he he had a really good relationship with her agency. Um, but you know she, it was another one of you know it was sort of I had cultivated relationships that you know kicked down some doors. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bigger thing was she, um, you know, she's had an amazing career in Japan. Yeah. Um, but this was her biggest uh, overseas project, and she really. You know, I think she she was really excited to be in something that was so different for her. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, like the other thing, she's, um, she you know, she's kind of a goofball. And she really, like, you know, she loves doing badass things. <laughs> so, like, um, you know, like, we, we had some sort of, like, action swordplay plan, but she really embellished it. Uh-huh. Um and she, yeah, I mean, she's, uh, I can't say enough good things about her. She's, I, I, she's one of these people who it's like, you know, of course she's beautiful. Yeah. And she's also just like an awesome, professional, kind person. And so I'm like, I'm sure you must have flaws, but I don't know what they are. <laughs> um, she was like, yeah, just her character was like super fantastic in the movie. Just everything she like acted um, was played uh, like seriously um but it like still in tone of like the movie yeah so i i am curious how like budgeting was like for this movie because i mean like obviously you had the pretty elaborate costumes and you had a lot of animation to in some cases take place instead of like in-person fight scenes and whatnot how how did that play out for what you were what did you get the film you wanted or were there some uh caveats you had to make in you order wanted to make a big it work 3d cgi like uh fight <laughs> yeah. scene. um well I, I mean i think um 
this is one of these things where it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, yes, there were some creative compromises, but yes, I also got the film I wanted. Um, uh-huh. I know, and, and I really, I very, very much got the film I wanted. Um, and, you know, p- part of it, it was just sort of baked in that, you know, inherently, uh, you know, hand-drawn animation and, you know, practical suits cost less. Um, and so, you know, like this kind of, it, it was built in that like at the budget level we were at, I could get the aesthetic I was after. Uh-huh. Um, but there, you know, there were certain things like um, the sword fight was originally planned to be, to be practical. Um, and that, you know, that, that wasn't feasible, but you know, it, it went, sort of once you realized, Oh, we can animate it. It's like, that's so much better. And then it's like, if we're going to animate it, well, why don't we have them fly? You know, just take place in the sky. And so, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I have a filmmaking mantra that, um, that every problem is an opportunity. Um, and I, you know, I, once things sort of start to deviate from the plan, you know, there's a, there's a a new and better plan that usually reveals itself. Um, Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, it, I, you know, I can't state the budget publicly, but we, you know, we had enough money to, to get what we needed. And then it was, but not, I mean, not too much that, you know, it was kind of like, it, it forced us to be creative in yeah. ways that mm-hmm. I think were really healthy for the film. Right. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I've heard that from a lot of filmmakers that some, some, a lot say like, you know, the budget is good because it causes me to be more creative. Yeah. I mean, a, f- a more famous example would be the first Deadpool movie mm-hmm. where they had a very small budget, but and then when they were going to do Deadpool 2, Fox was like, oh, we're upping your budget from like $8 million to like $30 million. Yeah. They're like, no, yeah, keep it at 10 Just give us an extra two. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Because it takes away like some of the flavor of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wh- I think one of the things that, you know, and this is less obvious than, you know, the suits, the animation, but like, um, you know, we made a decision early. Uh, the producers asked me to select the scenes that, you know, were sort of the emotional heart of the film. Mm-hmm. And then we, we scheduled those so that there was extra time to film those. And, you know, essentially filming those scenes as though as though they were at a higher budget level. Yeah. And, you know, and that and that was really helpful because it meant that, like, you know, you could sort of really emotionally nail those parts and if other places where it's like okay two three takes got to move on you know at least like the parts that were you know really need to be a perfectionist i could be a perfectionist right yeah um so i i mean it's it's like anything in filmmaking it comes down to planning yeah so definitely right like uh how long did it take you to get this film like off the ground and then like getting it like putting it together after that yeah whose doors did you have to kick down yeah <laughs> um well so i mean i wrote the first uh outline in the autumn of 2017 Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I was on a festival run for a short film and that was, that was providing me momentum. Um, so 20, 2019 was when the festival run was winding up, the script was in good shape. And I just really, you know, uh, with, uh, my producing partner, we really, uh, you know, started to kick some doors down and we got into production that autumn. Um, okay, so, nice. um, you know, uh, you know, when I say that now, that's, this is all, you know, five years ago when things really <laughs> got going, but, um, but, but it, there was... I mean, I really made my mind up. Um, and I, I mean, the other thing that happened was uh, in 2019, I turned 33. Um, uh-huh. And uh, I remember a, a, a male mentor of mine said at the time, 33, that's the year when it happens. Uh, <laughs> and that kind of that kind of put some fire in my gut. And, what does does that mean? <laughs> uh, it, it's it's a special it it, it's Don't a, worry it's about a special it. year in a man's life. <laughs> um, one of my good friends, I think he's he's met his future wife and he's 33. So oh, okay. it's. It's one of these laws of the universe. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Tick, Tick, Boom? 
Not yet. I've yeah. I I that is very much on the list. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a thing where Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Is like super because he's 29 and yeah. he's turning 30 and he's super obsessed with like making a really big Broadway musical before he hits 30 and yeah. it's like the biggest drama of his entire life is like yeah. I've got to turn 30 uh, in like a the month. The whole song is I'm turning 30. Uh, the lines are getting longer in my head. Hair's thinning. All my friends are getting fat and <laughs> yeah. old. Yeah. Everything's dying. It's like it's his life is going to end when, as soon as he turns 30 if it doesn't put out like, yeah, a Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, we all have those moments, don't we? <laughs> yeah. or, or those I mean, uh, like or those, those entire films worth personal crises. I mean, like I'm slowly inching towards 30, so. Oh. So out of curiosity, the Phoenix Film Festival. Yeah. Is it near the beginning, middle, or end of your festival run with EK Boys? Um, beginning. Um, okay. uh, we, we had um, we had a premiere at Fantastic Fest last year. Um, then we played at Boston Sci-Fi, and now we're here. And we've got some more things coming that, um, including distribution, which I I can't publicly talk about yet. But Ooh, there, there's okay. some there's some exciting things coming up. Cool. Um, uh, like and and it, we did we signed a distribution deal that I'm very very excited about. Um, I hope you'll keep us updated on. I when certainly intend to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you know what? I've been asking this to every person we've interviewed. Yeah. Let's say EK Boys does exactly what you want. Yeah. It's as successful as you want it to. It gets you all the opportunities. What do you hope to get out of it? After all the festivals and everything, what do you hope to get out of this entire experience? Well, I, um, I mean, of course, we all want to make another film. Um, and what I'm working on really hard right now is um, it, it'll be a, um, a feature-length uh, animated film. And it's, oh, a big, okay. it's a big swashbuckling epic. Uh, it's an adventure Adventure in a world where humans and dinosaurs evolved alongside one another, and <laughs> oh, so um, so it, it's kind of everything is everything is pushing towards that. Um, I, I will say as a bonus, uh, uh, the you know the live action Voltron movie when that happens, um, <laughs> that uh, that's a that's a dream gig for me. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, but uh, uh, dinosaurs come first. Right. <laughs> is uh, there anything you can talk about like project? Do you have like an animation studio in mind or? A big studio or a smaller studio, or um, I mean, it would be. I mean, it would be independent. Right, okay. um, you know, it, it's uh, you know, this film. It was. It was in, like there's a lot of talent um, in you know in Europe, which is what we Europe and Taiwan, which is actually what we utilized. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, it would be. Um, I mean, it would be. It would almost certainly be gathering together a, a talented independent team. Okay. Um, which you know, it's again, it, um, it, it, it's a bit like the budget thing. It's like you get passionate people working within a more constrained budget range and you get something more unique and interesting than oh look i hired pixar yeah. <laughs> right. now i asked this question very respectfully yeah and this is this could be a slight spoiler but i'm not actually gonna mention any plot points why native americans <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, it's uh, n- n- yeah, no. It, um, I mean, because you can't avoid it when you're growing up in Oklahoma, and okay. um, and it's the sort of, it's um, it, it, so to give some context to that, the um, the foreign exchange student in the film, Miki, uh, she comes to Oklahoma because she's obsessed with with Native American culture, yeah. and she sort of she sees it, you know, very far away outside looking in, and you know, the great paradox of growing up in Oklahoma is that. Um, you know, the native influence is everywhere and nowhere. Um, or, well, fortunately, it's much more everywhere now um, uh-huh. and, like, much more sort of really open and apparent. Um, and as a child, though, it was kind of this thing where you were taught, like, oh, we like, you know, we have all of these tribes, but, you know, it's like, but it, it was very, 
it was very invisible and it was this thing that I wondered about. Um, and so, you know, in a lot of ways the film is, the film is wrestling with that and it's, you know, I, I've got some Japanese friends who, you know, like that's the sort of their eyes light up when they hear about it. And it's like, they don't, Japan, they don't actually know any native uh-huh. people, but they're very, you know, they're, they're fascinated by it. And so, you know, in terms of how we handle it in the film, I mean, one of our producers um, is native. So, you know, it was okay. a lot of, you know, so it was, a, and, and, and there, I mean, there were a lot of native crew, um, uh-huh. you know, so it's like the costume designer, we, uh, you know, she's native and we had many conversations. I mean, that, that, the buckskin dress that appears. Okay. That's a, <laughs> okay. That, that's a hand. <laughs> yeah. The reason I ask is because there were a couple of she- scenes where yeah. uh, I was like, oh, that's a <laughs> bold choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. And, and I'm ob- obviously not trying to be rude or anything, yeah. but I was just like, oh, 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 God, then. Yeah. But no, that makes a lot more sense. And now yeah. I'm like, okay, that's just cool now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and I mean, believe you me, I mean, there were many conversations about it. And I guess, you know, the other thing I would say is that, um, you know, the, the, so much of the film is about people trying really hard to understand one another and mm. getting things wrong. And yeah. so I guess, you know, I tried really hard to, you know, and, and asked a lot of questions to, you know, handle things in, in a way that was that was respectful. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, uh, I think at least, you know, at, at least according to, you know, all of the people asked, I think I did okay. But, yeah, you yeah. know, if, if I didn't, um, hopefully that can be a conversation too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was I was having a ball, so I still great. I, I still yeah. liked the film. Yeah. It was just, like, that was just something that I'm like, why Native American? Yeah. <laughs> That's such an interesting choice to make. But, yeah. uh, no, I thought, the, I thought the movie was fun. It definitely felt like a movie I would watch on TV in the 90s. Well, uh, it, it was great. Yeah, it like, and I say that yeah. in a good way. Yeah, e- empty your wallets when it comes to streaming. <laughs> yeah, there we go. The uh, way I kind of thought of it is that there are a lot of like um, just Americans that are into Japanese culture, and this was kind of like an inverse of that. Exactly, uh, it's a Japanese yeah. girl that was into that's into like specifically Native American culture, but like there are like you know Japanese people that are into cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, there are. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, yeah. One of my best friends. He just shot a film at a uh, a a cowboy. Uh, it, it's a it's a western riding range in the outskirts of Tokyo. Like a. It's like, like and a there, dude ranch. Like a dude ranch, and there's there's like western there's like western gear shops. Actually, like uh, this uh, this belt. I got this in Tokyo. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this makes great audio, but I'm wearing a big, like, big old, like, silver buckle belt. Um, uh-huh. That uh, yeah, a Japanese was, silver buckle. Bu- yeah, which is in fact uh, not purchased in Oklahoma. <laughs> Made out of folded steel over a thousand. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, yeah, it, it's a Masamune belt. <laughs> Perfect. That's so funny. Yeah, um, and, you know, and that's and that's a lot of where the inspiration for the character of Miki came from is, um, y- you know, I have Japanese friends who are. You know, one of the things about Japan is it, even more than America, it's sort of like when you develop into, when you develop a hobby, you tend to develop a very, very specific hobby. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, it, no. it's, um, and like, you know, I've got a good friend who like her hobby is traveling the world, uh, photographing ghost towns. So like she, uh, you know, she has a, a Chernobyl uh, that's her, that's that the she, thing that like, she's looking to. I'm you know, so jealous. <laughs> like, and, and you, you oh know, but it, but it's very. It, it's not like you know. It, it, it's not like 
small towns. It's not like Roman ruins or ancient. It's like it's modern ghost town, and it's like it's this very very specific. You yeah. Know, and so uh, you know, I think it's Japan is such a in so many ways it's such a homogenous society that like when there's a way to express your individuality, it's like very it's, specific yeah. expression. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, it is not at all unheard of to, you know, be really, really obsessed with with Native American culture, I, um, I, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of the one of the, the one of the fascinating things about Japan. Well, <laughs> one of my favorite jokes that I see online a lot is that technically cowboys and samurais existed during the same time frame yeah. so there are a bunch of jokes of like abraham lincoln having a samurai pen pal or like <laughs> a cowboy <laughs> and a samurai riding into battle one with pistols and the other one with swords and it's just like them being best friends for no yeah. reason so yeah. so it that that makes me laugh that they have such an interest in cowboys as yeah. well so yeah it, it feels like the joke just extends to both countries. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, that's one of the things I wanted to play with in the film is, you know, it, it's sort of how we, you know, we romanticize, you know, we romanticize something that seems far away from ourselves, but then sort of like once we get a little bit closer, we discover, you know, the other side is just people too. Yeah, um, right. And that's, you know, that's so much of what's at the heart of the film. Or like in Miki's case, you you uh, find out that uh, the thing you idolize has a very, very dark past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, and but, but sort of, you know, discovering that and reckoning that with that and then kind of, you know, actually sort of building from that and, you know, discovering a deeper truth um, mm-hmm. about, you know, wh- why it appeals, what it means to you. You know, that's that's part of growing up. So, so I, I do want to talk about one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. And it's the opening scene. Yes. When he's giving the movie yeah. pitch. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I love just, just yelling, say, puts a cigarette in someone else's, grabs his, then grabs another one, and then he's like, wait, I've got too many cigarettes. Just make the damn movie! <laughs> I... I <laughs> I love that scene because the whole time I'm like, keep going, keep throwing cigarettes at people. <laughs> just keep I'm stealing like, cigarettes, <laughs> smoking in, just popping in. I, I was waiting for everyone to have an undrinkable coffee and then him to just have six cigarettes in hand. No, I, I think when the when the the date showed up, everyone was like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you. That was um, that's all in the script, but uh, the actor who plays uh, Ogata, the director, uh, Yo Matsu, he's uh, yeah. I mean he he's a pretty legendary character actor in japan mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean he performed that with relish uh, uh you know I, it was fun because we had dinner uh, prior to filming and you know i'd you know talk about the character and he kind of looked at it, he's like not not many questions i got this and <laughs> like and he, <laughs> no he, d- yeah, don't worry yeah. i got this yeah, i know no, what i'm yeah, doing <laughs> he uh, he sure did yeah. i i just like the actual serious businessman like this title doesn't make sense and like this has <laughs> nothing to do with your previous movies and he's He's just so unhinged, but like dead serious on everything that they have no idea what to do. Yeah. So there's um there's some fun cameos in there. The um the uh, the producer who's who's throwing shade at the title of the film that's uh, Shusuke Kaneko, who uh, he directed the uh, the Heisei Gamera trilogy and Death Note, um and many other things. So there's oh, okay. um and it's uh, what, what's more he um. He very specifically wanted that line, so I don't know. <laughs> so don't, yeah. hold on, Death Note the anime or Death Note the live, the live action. action? Yeah, the Japanese one. The Japanese live action. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he's he's one of my heroes. So <laughs> yeah, uh, he uh, yeah. Uh, 
again, I, I don't know why, but he uh, there was there was something very personal to him about uh, about wanting that particular quibbling <laughs> producer role. So that's funny. Yeah, I, it's, it, it. I do have to appreciate filmmakers that, uh, and you definitely seem like you're you're not high and mighty, you know, <laughs> or anything. But I appreciate filmmakers that like have a realistic look at their own work and yeah. stuff like that. Because I mean, we interviewed uh, Chris a while back, and like he had even admitted one of the films we reviewed. He's like. It didn't turn out great, mm. no, but, you know, it's my movie. I still like it. Yeah, yeah. But, and it's like, it, you, I always appreciate when people can, are not so up their own butt mm. that they can make fun of themselves every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So, I always love it when you have lines like that where it's like, this title sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, um, you know, it, 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 it's, uh, uh, you know, it, it is a ridiculous title, although, you know, it's certainly in the vein of, uh, many titles from the 60s and 70s yeah actually um, if you, know. you look at uh light novel titles right now and <laughs> anime titles right now yeah uh you can it's the time it hasn't changed well it's it's actually kind of interesting <laughs> so I, I you know i did a bit of discussing so like so the sort of the naming convention of having you know something japanese begin with ek which you know which is like go yeah, yeah. that um you know so it's a very common one and i, I did some research and we're, it actually comes from the war um, because you know that that would be sort of like how you would go into battle as it's like you know go and then yeah. like you know you charge in the enemy and so like that sort of prefix followed by a very very long precise dramatic <laughs> you know uh, you know it's a very much baked in um, but you know like look it's like get people's attention try to sell the darn thing so <laughs> so when it so we've talked to film. We've talked to one who did production in Canada, one that, and many that did just in the U.S. Yeah. What was it like doing what seems like a co-production between the U.S. and Canada? Mm. I mean, not Canada. God, <laughs> U.S. and Japan. Yeah, although like, it's funny because uh, Queen Arlita actor is from Canada, so oh, you, you okay. could say that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. what what was it like? Did you have to? Were there like specific hoops like for Japanese filmmaking you have to jump through? Because mm. I know in America there's yeah. like the guilds, their labor unions and stuff. Yeah, in some ways it was, um, in some ways it was easier to do it in Japan. Um, I mean, it was a smaller shoot, and you know the like, uh, you know, we were with a really good production company, uh, Virgin Earth, that uh, is quite is quite used to sort of facilitating, um, you know, international productions within Japan. Uh, because you're right, the Japanese film industry is Byzantine and different. Um, I am going to to throw shade here um, because we were shooting this in uh, early 2020, and mm-hmm. so uh, Yumiko, you know, she's a name actress in Japan. Um, you had to go to get a visa to come work in the U.S. Uh, Trump administration denied that visa, and <laughs> we had to pull in some absolutely insane favors, reschedule our flight twice, and we finally got the appealed visa approved the morning of her twice rescheduled flight. Jesus Christ! So um, it was. In many ways, far easier to work in Japan. We weren't dealing with a xenophobic, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Pa- 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 pack of pack of morons. Yeah. So it's yeah. yeah. Uh, did you have to worry about like the COVID restrictions at all during your filming? Uh, 
No, because we finished filming in um, in March of 2020. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. close! Um, <laughs> now, by a week. <laughs> um, that is not even an exaggeration. That that is, that is literally literally the truth. Um, oh, wow. So we we did do a pickup shoot in uh, in October of 2020. You know, so it's like insert shots and um, uh-huh. you know just like and 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 that was you know that that was a you know there was COVID compliance there, but you know we it worked out just fine for us because again it was either we were either shooting insert shots or we were doing some extra action stuff with the cultists and it's like okay we've got people with masks anyways so you know it still counts they're masked yeah yeah no i mean so um so we i not a day goes by when i don't give thanks for, for how things worked out so uh you you said it was easier in japan but i am curious i'll i'm being a bit facetious no i know but it it is not uncommon that I, I mean I follow various people that yeah. do work in Japan and whatnot, and it is not uncommon for there to be six different supervisors you have to go through before a single request gets approved. Yeah, was yeah. that something you dealt with during your production as well? And did that mm. company you were using help like lessen that stress mm. on you? Or um, so uh, I, I, it was not something um, I dealt with on this production. And again, it's like we had a really good production company, and also like you, you know I, um, I I've lived in Japan for about a decade, so you know I kind of I kind of knew what to you know, including going to the right production company. I, yeah. I sort of knew what to skirt and avoid. So that's that's an experience I can speak to at great length from uh, other jobs, you know, and and, and, and other career circumstances but not for this film um you know and and i it was i mean it really was a case of knowing what the problems would be and avoiding them up front right knowing exactly yeah i mean not 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 to say that there weren't you know it was hard and there were problems (laughs) Uh like you know which is just the case of filmmaking but uh japanese byzantine japanese bureaucracy was not one of them Uh uh-huh that's good yeah 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 that's fantastic uh I know you mentioned the. I know you mentioned the uh, the issue with trying to get the visa approved. Were there any yeah. other issues that came with uh, making this film that you may be able to speak upon? Oh, uh, uh, how much time do I have? As much time as you think you need. Uh, um, oh golly, um, a great many. Um, some of which I can share publicly, and some of which I can't. Um, I mean, the uh, you know the the final battle um, out in the middle of the night, shot in the prairie. Thank you. Um, we, uh, there was a blizzard, um, one day into that shoot. So oh. the whole thing got delayed, which, you know, again, caused a lot of scheduling rigmarole cause we had movie uh-huh. stars out there and like, uh, one of the trailers holding the lights got bogged down in the mud. Um, oh, God. you know, uh, I mean, and just, I mean, there's a, you know, you, you can't pull off, you can't do something this, this complicated without there being a lot you know, just a lot of issues that arise. And that's, again, where... I mean, there was a joke on set. Um, my nickname was Mr. Rogers because I very consciously... I made a point of... Even if I was rattled internally, which I certainly was, I made a point of not letting it show. Right. Um, because, you know, there's no point in in the person at the top being unstable. Yeah. Um, right. But, you, you know, the, the there, there was a... I mean, golly... Uh, well, I mean, you know, COVID was a, a huge one, of course. Um, right. There, uh, so Ben Browder, um, he uh, he got in. Re- we didn't know what it was at the time, but in retrospect, he had COVID 
um, during, um, so actually the scene where he's talking by the truck, um, he, you know, if you look closely, his face is a bit red. He, you know, action, he perform, and then, like, basically when we shot cut, he just kind of collapsed into a chair. Wow. Oh, Jesus. And, um, you know, so he recovered, thank God. But, um, yeah... I don't think this is COVID. I think this is the flu. The first week of filming, both I and um, and Ronick played Vic. Uh, we both had the flu, and we were both actually fighting fevers all the way through. But it's like you can't delay the production. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then there's there's some other juicy stuff that I can't share publicly now. Uh-huh. But when I get to do a retrospective in ten years, um, there's some there's some. There's some shit that went down. <laughs> yeah, that'd be perfect. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, we'd love to get a sequel to this episode. So. <laughs> yeah. In ten years. In ten, in yeah. ten years. <laughs> hey, you guys remember that episode we did ten years ago? Here's a sequel. Hey, I know some podcasts are hitting their you know <laughs> yeah. twenty year anniversary. So it's yeah. Uh, hey, there we go. Yeah, but uh, uh, so you, you guys all really like each other, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no way we'll ever split. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Friends forever. <laughs> Smash cut to 10 minutes from now. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh so did Vic and Sean um like were they in those costumes doing all those fight scenes or did you have like did they have like stunt doubles or uh, No, those are very good um uh, very good suit actors. Okay. Now, now I made a point of, you know, introducing them to the boys and they could kind of like, you know, sort of we, not quite copy, but you know, see what their body language was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple of really, really great um, stunt actors who, like, I mean, you, you look at your credits and you see, like, okay, like, there's, you know, they, they, you know, I mean, our stunt team, like, guys on there, it's like, you know, they're the stormtroopers dying in the Mandalorian. Uh, like, you know, one rad. of like, you know, one of our stunt guys is like, he had to leave early because it's like, oh, like the Matrix rescheduled. They need me for that. Oh, wow. So, that's a reasonable reason to call out. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I mean, it was a consolation prize. But I mean, I, that, I would say that is certainly a, um, a casualty of budget is like, I would have loved to have um, Quinn and Ronick be in the suits, uh-huh. but that, that would have definitely been more money and more time because oh, that's, okay. you know, it, you need, you need a special set of skills to, to be able to survive in those. I mean, like, so we, you know, if we were filming in the dead of winter and like, I just remember, you know, when we would take the head off the kaiju costume, there'd be this cloud of steam rising up because <laughs> yeah, you know, the yeah. actor was so, you know, so heated up. Um, mega costume. I mean, that's like, that's you know this like paper thin uh, wetsuit, and you know the poor guy. He like he had to run into the heating tent like in between filming. So it's just it's you know <laughs> Jesus. Did they you express got... any interest in wanting to be in those suits though? Oh, did they ever? <laughs> yeah. I imagine. Yeah, you you've got one guy uh, boiling himself to death, the other one freezing. And then the next day of shooting, hey, you want to switch costumes for this shot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um. That actually almost happened a couple points, but uh, <laughs> but, but uh, the, the suits were specially fitted, so that was oh, that never sucks. in the cards. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's. Ca- Do you have anything else you wanted to? Uh, I think I'm okay right now. What about you? I don't know. Are you watching any anime right now? <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'll tell you what. I uh, um rewatched Evangelion um for the first time since high school uh-huh. a few weeks Ooh. ago. And I deeply regret that I haven't watched it many more times in between um, because it's so damn good. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also uh, just um, 
there's a bit of a personal one too. So um, Shinji Higuchi, who, who worked on it, and you know he's he's a, a very accomplished director, but he's the namescape for for Shinji. Uh-huh. Um, he uh, he he has a vocal cameo in EK Boys. He's the the narrator for the film within the film. So oh, okay. Um, wow, didn't know. Let's that. see. I also. Um, I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm a, a, a massive kaiju fan, anyways. But uh, Godzilla Singular Point, I thought was superb, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it's sort of like you know, kaiju and anime combined together, and that's you know, so that there's a certain kind of just like oh yes, but it, like also I mean, just fabulous writing. Um, I it was know also writers, just a different so. take on the yeah. story too. Yeah, yeah. Do you like uh, Shin Godzilla? Uh very much, very yeah. very much. Yeah, um, I was lucky enough to see it in theaters uh, multiple times. Yeah, yeah, I uh, only one theater, uh, as far as I can tell, at that uh, specific time was showing it, and I had to go yeah. uh, and see it myself. Um, so, like, yeah, no, I, I was the only one. I, I, I was the only one in my friend group. I came by myself. Like, yeah. no, nah, I needed to. That's Hideaki Anno yeah. on working on Godzilla, yeah. and then like I was watching it. I was like, this is just Evangelion music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it is a unique work of art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, probably w- the best for me, um, best quantum breath that mm. Godzilla has done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or nuclear breath. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did, I know. I think Kevin talked to you about Pacific Rim. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Uh, earlier. Yeah, I, did I, you, I didn't mention that. Or was no, it okay? he he thought the shirt I was wearing was Pacific Rim. Oh. Yeah, and, and I and my hackles went up a bit. Uh, <laughs> now, since we're in, we're in a public forum, I'll be more polite. I'll just say, uh, n- not for me. I, I, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Um, now hold, hold on. What about Pacific, Atlantic Rim? Pacific Rim in general, or <laughs> Pacific Rim Two specifically? Oh, uh, I actually like Pacific Rim Two quite a bit more than the original, <laughs> which is a which is. A, I know exactly what he's. This interview is over. Now Eric is into just big robots fighting each other, whereas <laughs> like Pacific Rim was. Uh, uh, I really like robots I, fighting I, big monsters. I, I liked it more uh, because it did like satiate my thirst for big robots fighting big monsters. But also, I think it looked prettier. The story was better. I liked the characters more. But there is, it's uh, the second movie is just so action heavy. It's uh, like over the top, bombastic, and like just more robot fights than I think. The <laughs> you first know, one. the the, <laughs> the immense irony of this being, um, I could have said the exact same thing, but swapped the titles of the two films. <laughs> um, it, like you, you almost perfectly articulated my my opinion. But Pretty sure, there but, were only but like two fights the in the first movie, and the second one was um, like three. No, know. no, I mean, it's hard for me to put my finger on. Um, uh-huh. it, it's like. You know the whole. Fr- it's something that objectively I like, um, uh-huh. but the execution is just they're they're the execution. You know, I think when you're so sort of so close to something, yeah, you know, to a genre and a style that like, and the sort of the underlying I don't know the underlying sort of taste and style and thrust of it is is different enough. Um, you know, you just kind of. It makes it hard to. It, it can make it hard. Now, I will say, um, I love me some legendary MonsterVerse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I will right. also say, um, you know, Guillermo del Toro. He's he's one of the proverbial good guys of the world. Right. So I, you know, I, I I'm I'm definitely not throwing shade uh, at him as a human being or at his at his body of work. Um, you better not. He got shooters out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we're also Guillermo the sleeper agents. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, uh, let me just say it's uh, it's not my favorite. No, that's uh, fair. so that's totally okay. Yeah. I was just curious because I was like, uh, we 
I think it was sometime last year we watched the An- both Atlantic Rims. Yeah, hey, yes. And- <laughs> uh, from yeah, Asylum so Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge Asylum fans, and also uh. we wanted to watch Atlantic Rim because we just wanted more robot fights. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, one of the mo- one of the more fun things that I discovered recently is that like, uh, just like Roku TV and like yeah. just those uh direct to like free ad uh those like ad um run like free streaming channels they have there's like an asylum channel on there and if i just want to like put something on my tv i could just turn on my roku tv and just put on the mega octopus versus super croc (laughs) yeah yeah no they um uh, no, I've got some friends who work at Asylum, and I and like they're like it's it's basically you know it's a bunch of dudes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of you know living their dream. I yeah, mean, it's exactly. Like, you know, I, like, yeah. I think one year for Phoenix Comic Con, the founder of Asylum Studios was doing a panel, mm-hmm. and he was just like. Yeah, I make them because I liked the B movies in my youth, and yeah. I wanted to give B movies to everyone else too. Yeah. yeah, it's also I'll say it's not just B movies. Um, have you seen um Black Summer, uh, the TV series? I have not. It's a really good zombie series um that Asylum did, and it's it's quite. Uh, I mean, it, it's oh yeah, actually, it, I th- isn't that the one with like the bus scene? Uh, fi- yes, yes, yes. Okay, I did yes. watch that. That was Asylum. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so it was, uh, Black so, Summer. Yeah, Black Summer. Yeah. Um. It, it's it, it's quite good, and I um, I I'm not, well. Uh, my uncle is the zombie fanatic in the family, and he gave uh-huh. me a uh, he gave me a full zombie education last <laughs> summer. Um. So uh. Yeah. Um. Black Summer. Very very good. Do you watch White Zombie then? No. That is actually the first zombie movie to use zombie. Wow! Wow! In the movie at all? Is it, Bella Lugosi in that, or am I conflating that with something else? I. S- you might be what confusing is this, the 50s? with something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Black yeah. and white. It is the. It is credited as the first zombie movie ever made. Wow. Because it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I um. I went uh down at the beginning of the pandemic. I went down a very specific rabbit hole um, where, <laughs> where I, I, I realized um I'd never seen any Hammer horror films. So over the course of April 2020, I watched almost the entirety of Hammer, um, and uh, and they did a great zombie film. The title of which is, uh, and of course now that I'm trying to remember, I can't remember the title. But look up Hammer Zombies, and you'll yeah, like yeah. it. Um, uh, although if, if I'm going to give one more plug, um, there's a, a Hammer film, uh, The Abominable Snowman, which uh, Peter Cushing is an explorer searching for the Yeti. It is a little gem of the film that more people should see. It's like it's this weirdly like atmospheric, like thoughtful, um, sad uh-huh. film. Um, so the Abominable Snowman, starring Peter Cushing. Okay, check it out. We might have to check it out. Yeah. But uh, anything else from you guys? Did you watch the re- uh, the-, the Abominable Snowman? Did you yeah. watch the Eva rebuilds? The what? The Ava rebuilds rebuild movies. The new movies. Um, so uh, this uh, is. Um, uh, uh, I am halfway through them. They're oh, okay. sort of, and and uh, it's actually a very specific reason. I mean, I um, I've been taking it really slow because each one's such a gem, uh-huh. and um, so I um, yeah, I've been saving, I've been saving the fourth one mm. um for. It's a whole thing. Like yeah, I mean, it has I'm, to be I, an important I, point in your life. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it's to... it's. I mean, it, like 
it might be like that that's exactly what it is and there's, yeah. there's a whole like there's a whole sort of internal metric of like i'm going to be watching it at this time leading yeah. into the like this life event <laughs> yeah. um, i'm going to have a child born time to watch evangelion <laughs> yeah and and i don't know i mean maybe I'm, I'm probably not the only one who's neurotic about these things but it's also like you know it's like it, uh-huh. it has to be like a special time okay um, well uh, for me i waited a decade so i yeah as soon as amazon got it i yeah. watched 4.0 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like the the idea that uh you can watch uh, Evangelion at different points in your life, and it will you'll take something else out of it. <laughs> oh, you can again. Yeah. I, I deeply regret that I waited um, almost two decades for a rewatch because I like I know there are things I would have gotten out of it in between. Um, right, it's it's terrific. Like I remember watching it when I, when it was on a uh, 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 Cartoon Network. Yeah, had good old Toonami, and yeah. I'm like I'm like yeah, robots fighting. Like giant monsters, and then. But don't you become depressed after three episodes? No, because my childhood brain couldn't comprehend the big, like, <laughs> the overarching. Big victories. Yeah. Oh, my cat, Mike had such a happy childhood. He didn't comprehend sadness. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, like, I see it. Uh, I saw it again, like, uh, about like two years ago when when the pandemic yeah. started, and then yeah. I was like, oh, now I'm just sad. <laughs> yeah, but still excited for the fights. Yeah. Um. No. It. Um. I mean, I'll, I'll say like the ending, you know, the ending of the, I think that's part of the reason I've been, I've been saving the fourth so consciously is it's like, you know, we all go up, like we all go on in our own emotional journeys and right, like right. the first one, it like, it ends in such a specific place for sort of like how the main character reckons with himself. And what I've heard anecdotally is that the fourth one, it retells that, but from, you know, an adult's perspective on how, you know, on, on living with yourself and living right. with your demons. And I'm like, okay, this like. This needs like this needs mm. to be like some. There needs to be emo- some emotional focus going into this <laughs> right. thing. Right. Yeah. No. I need to sit down. Everything has to be completely focused on it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Everything's no, it... going. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I heard that. Uh. I don't know if there's uh, any of your uh, friends that you've met in Japan have seen End of Eva when it first aired in theaters, but I heard that there was like quite a reaction to it, like in during its first Japanese theater run. Yeah, um, and 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 actually, I do do have friends who saw it, and it, and it was, uh, I mean, it was a decidedly mixed response, <laughs> shall we say? Um, yeah. it, and it's still, I th- maybe held in higher regard overseas than it is in Japan. I mean, it's kind of. It, I feel uh, yeah, so. Yeah, it, I, it, I mean, like, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Um, I haven't heard, or like, uh, I can't uh, understand some Japanese reactions. Uh, yeah. Because like I'm just not aware of them, but it seems like everyone just like regard End of Eva as like this, uh, as like an overall positive thing, and as like one of like Eva's highest points. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I mean, Evangelion is just such a huge. I mean, it, it, in Japan, I mean, it, it's it's up there with Mickey Mouse or things. It's sort of one of uh-huh. the. It's like it's one of the cultural treasures. If you only so. just bought Eva merchandise, you could live off of like yeah. just food themes. I was about yeah. I was yeah. about to say the yeah. joke is everything in your life can be Eva branded based on how much they've released over the I years. I think there are as many versions of Rei Ayanami as there are versions of the Buddha. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, it's 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 out of control. Yeah, uh, one review that I heard about the the last movie was like it might not be the ending we wanted but it was like the ending we needed or yeah. something like that yeah 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 so i was like okay i gotta see it eventually in my life i just gotta find the time now and yeah. like yeah dedicate it yeah i think one of the biggest things i credit myself for is that i introduced ava to um uh, one of my employees mm. and then they just went in on it 
uh, and just watch the entire series, then the movies, and basically, this was before 4.0 came out. Uh, she was like, I can't wait for 4.0. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I need to see it now. I have rewatched the entire uh, series, like, multiple times in the movies. I need to watch 4.0 now for that closure. Yeah. Um, um, almost the exact same thing happened with uh, with my actor Ronick, you know, because uh-huh. I was giving him his primer on sort of like you know, fixed world, and uh, uh-huh. you know, he 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 was a uh, an avatar, Last Airbender man. Oh, and so ah. this was, you know, like I think Yo. this is a really yeah. And I'm sorry, you finished your story. No, here, no, yeah. that that yeah. was it. But yeah. it's like Ava has been for me. Uh, Ava is like a synonymous and like on the level as like just big cultural phenomenons in the zeitgeist. Yeah. I just assumed everyone who's into anime knows what Ava is. Yeah. But this person, uh, because, and it's like, it's like telling me, oh, I'm in the next generation now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this uh, this twenty year old doesn't know what Ava is. Well, also, there's a just a lot of anime. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, there's like, I mean, there's a generational thing. But I mean, but you know, there's generations before that. I mean, it's like, um, you know. In, in Japan, Atom, uh, you know, uh, Astro Boy, like Astro yeah. Boy, you know, you know, it's like, you know, like, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of boomers who would be astonished that, like, oh, like you haven't seen all of that, um, you know. It's, I'm uh, aware of Astro Boy, and I, I appreciate all of his all that I respect uh, he's done. its culture. I haven't <laughs> seen anything except for like the American well, movie. Well, I'll <laughs> tell you, um, when I went to Japan for the first time, the uh, the train station that changed had to go to uh, to, to university. Um, they played the Astro Boy theme. Like that was the theme they played for the train arriving yeah. in the station. I mean, so again, it's like that's funny. It's yeah, it, it's it's a national national treasure. Yeah. Well, I mean, know, like there's an entire town uh, just dedicated to Detective Conan. Oh yes. So yeah. like they they really appreciate um, the characters and the art that was made specifically yeah. in that like area. Yeah. And like just embrace it, and they like turn their town and just like revolve it around well, that's that. part of the reason i was i it was so important to me with the ek boys to um to craft everything with you know with real sincerity uh-huh. because you know japanese artists who made the original like kitsch was never in their minds like it was mm. like it, it really was you know it was done from the heart with you know often very limited post-war resources and you know they changed the world yeah yeah Definitely. for sure well you know what? We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. This has been great. Uh, anyone who's at the Phoenix Film Festival or can catch it, we recommend watching EK Boys. Uh, is there anywhere else that they could possibly catch it if this doesn't come out before the Phoenix Film Festival is over? Um, so uh, Anything so you're allowed to talk l- about? L- well, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I'm um, not yet, but very, very soon. Okay. So I'll be I'll keep in touch with you offline, and you'll be able to follow up and uh, and say, hey, remember that film we talked about? Um, <laughs> yes. Here's the, here's the distribution plan. So oh, it, uh, that'd um, be great. What uh, yeah. film festivals is it going to be playing in in like the next month or so? Um, that's again another thing I can't talk. Oh, about. Wow, I'm, I'm okay. sitting on Ooh. yeah, I'm I'm sitting on a couple of pieces of news for the next few months that uh, are okay. not quite official just yet. Yes. Nice. Well, so. you have our email, so please yeah. let us know. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, but but things coming, I just can't say them yet. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, is so there anything else you'd like to name drop or anything like that? Shout out. Oh, um, well, uh, <laughs> caught me with my pants down. <laughs> um, 
I thought the Batman was pretty great. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is my my anime list username. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, with that, uh, uh, um, I, I also um, I beat the Big Texan Steak Challenge last summer. Oh wow! Um, so um, that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, is. Now we're just we're listing random facts. Okay. But, uh, yeah. That's, well, okay. you know what? Appreciate everyone who turned in. As usual, you can find us on Twitter at Bun Cinema. If you wish to help support us, you can go to patreoncom buns. And uh, with that, I'm Ritter. I'm Mike. Uh, Kevin Dess. And we'll see you soon. Pretty good, but we'll just suck at one.